TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 598, and I'm Lydia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair visual and media arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida and host the Screen Tom podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, Tom, hit us with the news. What do you got? Only 516 original scripted series aired last year, a 14% dip from 599 in 2022. Thus, peak TV is officially over. Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, ABC has already picked up Abbott Elementary for season four after its double-sized season three premiere. Uh, Amazon has ordered a psychological mystery thriller limited series from Holland Cohen and Danny Brocklehurst starring Bill Nye, Sam Claffin, and Alexandra Roach. AMC's uh, Mayfair Witches has added Thora Birch, Ted Levine, and Alyssa Jurel for season two. A Apple TV Plus, for reasons unknown to this viewer, has renewed Hijack for season two. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I could walk from wherever they were in Germany to England in the time of two seasons of that show. Uh, Haley Bennett and Dominic Cooper will join the upcoming drama series The Last Frontier starring Jason Clark. Disney Plus lost 1.3 million subscribers last quarter due to their price hikes. Ouch. Uh, Percy Jackson has been picked up for season two finally and Goosebumps has been picked up for season two and it will be an a seasonal anthology like American Horror Story and all those other ones. The Taylor Swift Eras Tour Taylor's Cut version will drop on Disney Plus March 15 with songs not in theaters or on the digital downloads. Are, are you trying to secretly tell us you're a Swifty? I'm a... I admire her business savvy. Hmm, okay. And she ain't no fool. Uh, Millie Gibson, who will play Ruby Sunday in Doctor Who Season 14, is going to be replaced by Andor's Verada Sefu in wait, Season wait, 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 wait. They're replacing her already? Yeah, yep. you didn't hear about that? That's been no. going on for a while. Yeah, yeah. Wait, she got wait, the wait. boot real fast. What? I like Ruby Sunday. Oh, um, Paul Rudd will narrate Nat Geo's three-part Secrets of the Octopus, third in their Secrets of franchise from James Cameron. Another, huh? Fox has picked up Animal Control Season 3 ahead of its Season 2 oh premiere. God. I barely Control, got through its Season 1 I don't know, 1 I was about to say, it wasn't that good. Okay. It no. was terrible. Um, at FX, Dave is uh, taking a, a long, if not indefinite, hiatus on Season 4 as Little Dicky, a.k.a. Dave Bird, pursues other projects. HBO's Last of Us has cast Catherine O'Hara in an undisclosed role. White Lotus Season 3 has added Scott Glenn, and Julian Kostoff is replacing Milos Bikovic because of his ties to Putin. Ooh. Uh, Hulu has announced that James Marsden, Julianne Nicholson, and Sarah Shahi will join Sterling K. Brown in Dan Fogelman's upcoming drama thriller about head of security for a former president. Uh, 
Brown is going to be the head of security. Morrison's going to be the former president. Julianne Nicholson's going to be a political power broker. And Sarah Shahi's going to play a therapist to the politically connected. Uh, Max has officially canceled flight attendant and rap stuff. I am paraphrasing to avoid swearing. An end of an era at NBC. Sam Waterston is leaving Law and Order on February 22nd after more than 400 episodes. Dun dun. Uh, boom, boom. <laughs> and Tony Goldwyn will be the new DA. And to no one's surprise, NBC has ordered a pilot for Suits LA. Uh, uh, I feel like my thing about Suits, I'm going to do a real side thing real quick. I like Suits. It was okay. I didn't make it to the end because the premise was stupid. So how are you yeah. going to do the same premise in LA about somebody who doesn't have his law it's, degree? It's not going to be. It's going to be a different premise. It's just going to be a. It's it's going to be another law show. But the whole never mind. All don't right, get don't going. don't get me started. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Emily Radajgowski Radiz- is in final talks to join Lena Dunham's upcoming comedy series Too Much, and Netflix is also. Oh, that's on Netflix. They're also developing a series with Julio Iglesias about his life and career. Paramount Plus has picked up Colin from accounts for, for season two. Demi Moore is joining Billy Bob Thornton and Ali Larder and a bunch more in Landman, yet another Taylor Sheridan series. This one's based on a Boomtown po- on the Boomtown podcast, which is talking about oil people in Texas. Uh, Peacock. Uh, so on the press junkets for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, Donald Glover uh, revealed that the premise for the community movie is Abed is shooting a college reunion movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don Cheadle and Taraji P. Henson have joined Fight Night, the million-dollar heist true crime limited series, and she's reuniting with Terrence Howard and executive producer-director Craig Brewer, who worked, uh, they all three worked on Hustle and Flow as well as Empire. And that's it. Okay. Uh, that was actually a lot of news. That means that maybe a job will come through. That would be nice. Uh, let's start off with the shows. First off, we're going to talk about the last couple episodes of Fargo. And uh, this show is it's still like super quirky, but it, this is where it gets really dark. Because the last couple episodes are basically the infiltration of the sheriff's compound. He realizes that the game is up, that everybody... The tide has turned. Yes. And uh, so then he puts out propaganda talking about the band is coming for me. I need everybody to come defend me. And I was like, really? You kind of caused this. Like, it's not like the man came after you. You literally killed a bunch of people, kidnapped people, did all this stuff. And then now you're caught and you want all these people to come and defend you. It's just so. And they show up. I know, but not as many as he thought. He thought he was going to get a lot, and he got, like, maybe 10. No, he got more than that, but what I love is that they show up to the tune of YMCA. (laughs) (laughs) I I just rolled over. That was absolutely great. Just absolutely, you know, chef's kiss. Wonderful. Oh, and I, I did feel a smidgen, not a lot, but a smidgen of sympathy for the son, what's the son's name? Oh God! Uh, oh, the uh, idiot son. Idiot son. I forgot his name. I uh, felt just a just a uh, gator. 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 Just a tiny, tiny bit of, of sympathy when uh, crazy man has him prisoner and is putting out his eyes 
He I'm shouldn't like, have killed the old woman. It I'm was not so disagreeing, but I feel like a clean death would have been better than what he did. That's oh no, he, he he. Well, when we talk about the finale in in a couple minutes, you know, this is about making people suffer. Yes, it's not about just yeah. kind. Of... It was yeah. punishment, absolutely. I get it, like, which is why he got a smidgen, smidgen of sympathy. So, um, I. Uh, that dude is crazy, by the way. Like legit. Just, oh, I don't oh, think he's... oh, well, he has a well, code. Well, okay, yeah, he has a code. That's true. Go ahead. I, do you want, do we want to go ahead and talk about the finale? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I call supreme shenanigans on them killing the black trooper. Yeah, I didn't because, like that either. Yeah. I, well, the thing is, I'm sorry. As as someone who was trained by the military to use. I give you a warning, and if I say, take one step closer and I'm going to shoot, I Did hate the shoot? trope of, I hate the trope of, oh, he waits for something else to happen and doesn't shoot. It's a, That's complete BS. I agree. Yeah, I was yeah. not thrilled with yeah. that either. I, I, I it, it, that, that was unfortunate, and it seemed like something that he would have been too smart to do. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he, of all the, of all the characters in this show, he's one of the ones who's been who's not been dumb and acted wisely him and he and Dorothy and the fact that, I mean, I can understand kind of from a story point why they did it because of the fact that uh, Dorothy saved his life. So he felt he owed her, which is why he wanted to pursue uh, idiot, Sheriff Tillman. Um, and I also think it's kind of BS that they didn't have Dorothy wound, wound, wound uh, Roy more grievously than I mean, she's shooting at freaking point blank range, and she she rigged the whole house in what episode two or three and took out all, you know Home Alone from Hell, but she can't shoot this evil douche from point blank range with the right. Come on, I'm well, I like, think that they they wanted they wanted to keep him alive for the end yeah. clearly because they had a more spectacular yeah his spectacular uh, end for him was, to was get great yeah, his yeah. Actual I mean, that, end that was, was pretty that good. was. Yeah, that was better than death, you know, is is that kind of thing. So they had to make her fail. But remember, they, you know, they do occasionally have characters do stupid things for for no good reason. I mean, remember, they they have Dot leave that that uh, rifle above when she gets into the when she gets into the pit. You know, and and that made absolutely no sense. There's I actually yelled no at the way television. That. And I was like, I, wait, yeah, did, did she leave her gun outside? Like, I did absolutely yell that at the television. It's like, what but are the, you doing? The thing is, because we had seen her sling it over her shoulder, there was no reason why she couldn't have crawled down into the pit. Right, right. but it was it was just you know strictly so they could have Ole show up and and yeah, save so she her. could be defenseless. So could, yeah, yeah, they could have which that. Was, that which sentence. was very satisfying, I might add. I mean, yes, and it it plays directly into, of course, the finale where Ole shows up again. That was uh, so creepy, but awesome at the same time. It was. Time. It was. Well, that was so much tension in that scene. What's fascinating, I'm still, I, I still have issues with the season because I, I kind of wish that they hadn't gone to the whole, the whole militia thing and the current eventsy thing. It's like, oh, dude, I get enough of that in the real world. I, you know, let me have this. But on theme, and if you look at some of the, one, I love that so many of the female characters this season had a lot of agency and use it well. And Jennifer Jason Lee, I love what the, uh, her new chief of, 
I don't even know what the title is. The the former deputy sheriff who goes, I guess I guess chief of security. Right. I, I I love the fact that when she showed Jennifer Jason Lee what Dorothy's gone through, Jennifer Jason Lee realized not only is she not a gold digger, she's a freaking she's a freaking hero. And just the, the fact what she does to Roy at the very end was oh, brilliant perfect. poetic justice. And I just loved and J this was such an interesting role for her because she usually plays completely different characters, like free spirits and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it was fun to see her play this role and use her, wield her power so well. And then that last scene where it's almost like it's a meditation on the differences between the Old Testament, Old Covenant, and New Testament, New Covenant. And, you know, blood for blood or sacrifice for others. So, but yeah, it was... Thematically, I give this season an A. Plot, I give it like a B-ish because some of the, you know, having people, smart people do dumb things annoyed me. Yeah, they did that to serve the plot to give you a better payoff, but you just don't believe that the characters would have done those things. So, yeah. yeah. I totally But is, this is probably the best season since season two. Yeah. yeah. I, well, would, I, like I would tend to lean better. toward an A minus more than a B, but yes, I agree. I agree with your point. All right. So overall, we're still saying Fargo thumbs up. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it's a brilliant season. I think it's probably the best season they've had since season one. I agree. Honestly. And like Allison said, they really did go to some of the themes from the film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to do a similar show, but not the same, which is True Detective uh, season four. We're going to talk about the Night Country. Got to put the Country. subtitle in. <laughs> So the setting is you're in Alaska and it's the beginning of of all 30 days of night, basically, except, you know, no zombies. But I will say <laughs> or that, vampires for that matter. Well, I don't know, man. The first episode, I was like, wait, are, is supernatural stuff happening here? Because it felt super kind of scary and like creepy. They're creepy. And then when you get to the end with the pile of bodies and then one of them goes, ah. I was like, oh my God, like what is happening? <laughs> so it did make me wonder if this show is doing supernatural themes because of how creepy it got. Because normally True Detective is just a straight detective uh, story and there's nothing else. But it made me wonder. They had this woman seeing a ghost that led her to the body. She's like, she's like, yeah, I followed such and such to the body. She's like, he died last year. She goes, yeah, I know. And I was like, wait, what's happening? So it was really interesting play on this stuff. Season well, one dabbled like they were going to go to the supernatural thing. Yes. And, and then basically kept it real for the most part. Okay. Jodie Foster's character is so kind of unlikable, which is yeah. interesting. But that's no. what's interesting because her relationship with her daughter is just so toxic Mm -hmm. I don't, I do not like the relationship at all. It made me super angry. And she's totally playing the young guy that's like her protege. Yeah. She, she's like, she's training him, yes, but it does feel like she's just using him as well. There's something. Doing both. Yeah, it feels, it feels icky. Like, not like she's like gonna sleep with him icky, but like just the power dynamics. The power play. Yeah, yeah, and she's playing him against his father in a mm -hmm. way that's just not. Though his father's a complete jerk, but 
all of it just feels not cool. And um, the lead woman, I don't remember her name. Oh, the other lead? Oh, Navarro? Yeah, Navarro. I can't think, I don't think of the actor's name. Apparently she's a, a, a real boxer. She's oh, got wow. like she's got like a couple of titles. She's like a world class boxer. She's, she's uh, yeah, I was surprised. She's she's actually marvelous in this. And, yeah. and I mean, considering the back, it's like, how did you think of even casting her? Um, because uh, you know her background is so different, but she does a wonderful job. She's so good, and, and I can't take my eyes off of her. I think she, she's she's got that magnet. She's got that thing. That, she's compelling. That yeah, she is. She is. You know what I what I think is interesting about this season? Um, I I remember. First season, True Detective kept like fainting toward the uh, the supernatural. Mm -hmm. They kept giving you little tidbits and throwing things out and making you think that if not, if if it wasn't going to be actually supernatural, then it was going to be people who were in a cult and and you know trying for the supernatural. Um, so the, and then it turned out to just be a bunch of greedy old men, and that that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting about this is that they're they actually are are going back to that theme, but they're saying yes, we are actually going to introduce a supernatural element uh, to this. There is going to be spiritualism. There is going to be supernaturalism. Um, we're going to pay off on that, and there's even uh, a line. Um, I th we're we're doing both the the first two episodes aren't we so there's even a line that um that is brought up later um by um oh god now i'm i'm uh, navarro on. or not navarro. not Nav not navarro the one the, the woman who lives out in the uh, middle of oh, nowhere right, oh, right, right. yeah um yeah she there is and and the actress who plays her who's i mean she's been in like a billion things she's and from i can't killing, remember she's from killing eve she was in yeah she was the boss in killing eve but, oh um, she was um the ex-wife on um succession too yeah uh she's she's been in tons of things and she's absolutely fantastic but and and she plays this this weird woman who lives out in the tundra and um she she is clearly communicating with some ghost that she used to have a relationship with we see him do like an interpretive dance out in the <laughs> middle of, of nowhere um and she later actually identifies him as being if you listen closely the father of of um mcconaughey's character from season one. What? he's name checked oh, and what? i, I can't remember the name offhand but uh, he he is name checked as being the as being the dad oh wow. and and they, they he talks about how his dad disappeared and well now we know where he went to <laughs> so yeah they're so th i think that they are legit going in, into the the supernatural realm at least a little bit um where where this is concerned and that also plays into things like you know native spiritualism and and all the rest that they're they're talking about so i i i enjoy and, and that i, I that like that they were this. also dealing with some real political issues which is oh yeah that this native woman was trying to stop the mining and a bunch of people got together and murdered her mm -hmm. and like nobody investigated like yep it's yep. just like it's pretty stark and it's really dark and they just dealt with culture and some stuff in a way that I thought was really interesting, which is with the Jodie Foster and her stepdaughter is is native and she treats her horribly. Terribly. And well, I'll she treats pretty much everyone terribly. Everybody. I know. And I, but I it's think your that it's daughter. more. <laughs> it, it it's it's her stepdaughter, but I think I think the 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 thing is is that she it's it's more 
it's less that she's a terrible person. It's more that she, those these are defense mechanisms that she doesn't let anyone get close because she's afraid of, of the the hurt that comes with connection. And I think that her feelings toward her daughter probably go uh, deeper than what we're seeing initially um, because she she just leans into that defense mechanism that she has that keeps everyone at a distance and that pretty much uses everyone, not just, you know, her assistant, but everyone um, in, a, in a utilitarian way um, because it's just, okay, this is what we need to do to get the job done, but I don't want to actually have an emotional relationship with you. There was a great line, and I forget if it was episode one or two, where she's saying that, oh, she hates me because I slept with her husband. And then the response was, was that before or after the divorce? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she slept with and, everyone's husband. And that tells yeah. but that tells you everything you need to know about Jodie Foster's character. That right. she, her private life is a mess, and she's kind of a... Well, the right. fact that she keeps... She sleeps with... Wait, does that happen in two? Does she... Do, do we meet... Um... The doctor. Eccleson? Thank you. Eccleson. Do we meet Eccleson in episode two? I yeah, he like comes in yeah. episode two. So, so like, two. she hates him, yet they sleep together in the same episode. I'm like, what? And then they get into a fight, like, during sex. Like, what? Everything about her is just so just messy. A and, bundle of contradictions. And then Navarro, who I actually think they're trying to draw, like, a kind of parallel between their characters... She has a similar kind of messiness in her personal life, but I do, I mean, as messy as her personal life is, I still think it's better than Jodie Foster. so. Yeah, well, she has real issues. I mean, she, her, her sister, her mother had mental problems, which led to her death, and her sister is, has the same mental issues. Mm -hmm. and, and won't deal with it, right. And Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, she's she's got real stuff that she's definitely Yeah, I know, but she with. also has a, 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 a pretty... A, pretty sometimes boyfriend who uh wants to help her and wants to be there for her and she just is very much i will keep you at arm's length mm -hmm. so that's why i meant messy um, yeah well and 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 also like jodie foster's character she's she's keeping people emotionally at a distance because mm -hmm. she's afraid of of issues in her own life that are just going to mess things up. And that's what I'm saying. I was like, they're definitely drawing parallels between those two characters being similar, which I think is yeah. interesting. All right. Well, I'd say overall thumbs up. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, visually, I love this. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. It gorgeous, gorgeous. One thing that kind of annoys me, though, is everybody in the town has to be so freaking quirky. And it's like, okay, is this True Detective or Northern Exposure? Can you, <laughs> you know, I wish they had made... I wish there were some normal townspeople instead of everybody having to be. So I, didn't, I didn't feel like everybody was quirky because I actually think the father and son uh, are normal. The like father that, and son. The the, the father, father who's who's trying to date a uh, a Russian mail order bride. Yes, but that's normal. Like that happens. Like there's nothing about him that feels quirky. He feels exactly stereotypically how I would think he would be. And his son feels the same. He doesn't feel quirky either. But anyway, let's let's move on. Um, I just want to say two things. Um, I I I I really like the show. I I think that um, it has a lot of atmosphere, uh, and uh, it watching it actually literally made me feel cold. So both <laughs> in 
both in 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 the the setting, but also just it like it was so creepy that it really made me feel uh, cold. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was very uh, compelling. So I'm very interested in seeing the the rest of the season. All right. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk Orphan Black Echoes, and we're gonna talk about the last two episodes of that as well. Though it's been so long. Uh, I don't remember very much about the last two episodes. I remember how it ends. Uh, anybody else remember anything other than that? Yeah, the, basically, Craig is Craig's got a nasty gunshot wound, and he can't be taken to the hospital because oh, he's wanted back for in the something. '60s, yeah. he did some underground stuff. Yada yada blah blah. Um, and then the the big reveal in this episode is we get a visit from uh, the French. Uh, oh, is it Delphine? Delphine. Yes. Is that her name? Yes, the Delphine. Delphine. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Delphine, yeah. in decent old age makeup, comes to visit her uh, her niece. So uh, that was kind of interesting. And then Kira's trying to figure out Daryl's master plan. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, um, yeah. And, and that's the thing is, whatever you think his master plan is, it's not that. And you're one yeah. step behind him. But they, they printed out all those masks, all the face, because they did facial recognition. Right. Um, and because they were trying to figure out who his clients were and who he had already replicated or was going to replicate. And uh, they printed out all those faces and had to do facial recognition on them, which was kind of cool. Um, I like their investigative nature of that part. And then you find out that he's already printed them out as children. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, we have this orphan program for these really smart children that we're going to like... <laughs> it was it, it was so crazy because you realize that he's basically like creating his own group of geniuses that will all be like loyal to him. Yep. So I'm not it's sure very how boy, it's very boys from Brazil. I'm not sure how he's gonna take up the world that way, but I mean I guess getting the top like what is it, eight to ten kids who twelve. Those 12 kids, the smartest ones. And then it also explains why he was so obsessed with Jules. He wants to add her to his cadre, to his his little group, because she is brilliant, you know? I was kind of shocked when he shot our Jules, and then we meet blonde Jules. Well, that's because she couldn't be manipulated. She already accepted that he was evil, he was a bad guy, so he's she's not going to join him. So he was like, oh, you're not useful to me that way. So, yeah, and then he introduces, like, he, he shoots her and then opens the door and there's, like, a brand new one standing right there. Like, what? But she's blonde. <laughs> <laughs> In case we were confused. Um, that, that ending was weird to me because yeah. I really liked our jewels. So was I, cool. I'm kind of resentful that we have this whole new other character now. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, do we know if the show got renewed? We have not. The, the, a decision has not been made yet. So, oh, that's not good because it's been a while. It's, it's not only that, but the fact that they dumped all the episodes at once. Yeah, is yeah. usually not a you know a for AMC sign. at least is not a sign of strength. No, so mm, I don't know if I'll be upset that it doesn't come back. I mean, I like the premise, but I don't know if they followed through on the end. So, all right, I have nothing else to say about the show. <laughs> Does anybody else? 
not really. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, We're going to talk about a new show. Well, it's not that new. It's been out for several weeks now, but we're just not talking about it, which is Death and Other Details, which is on Hulu. And the premise of this is almost, it's not quite a closed room scenario for a murder, but it's more a closed ship. So we have a cruise ship, and you have a bunch of rich people, and you have the staff on the ship, and we enter, we get introduced to you know some of the people, and then boom, we have a character that we think we know has been harpooned, and ironically, we saw him through most of the episode carrying around said harpoon, so he basically was carrying around his own murder weapon, or murder or death weapon. I don't know how that goes. It's reversed. Um. And then you have, of course, the world's greatest detective is on board who has to investigate. But we come through it through the eyes of this young woman whose mother was murdered, and he was supposed to have investigated his mother's murder, and he never solved it. So she doesn't trust him, and she also set herself up to be the prime suspect, and all of this is they give you a lot of information and you have to figure out who you think the murderer is. And Al, uh, Yusin, since you didn't talk really that much on the last one, do you want to talk about this one since it's fresh for you? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's very colorful, both in its characters and in its physicality. Like the actual costume design, I think, is beautiful. Um, it's quirky. It It's not... Wes Anderson quirky and I don't know that it it's trying to be I'm not saying it is um but it it smells of it a little bit like you know in, in terms of the set design and the um the costume design uh it's the I think the characters are rich they're drawn really richly the 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 dialogue is good I think the acting across the board is really good um the mystery is very mysterious um, you know, I, I really didn't understand what was going on at first, you know, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of time jumps, um, you know, back and forth. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, never too much that I don't know what's going on or that it's too much, but, but borderline, you, you have to pay attention. Um, but it, it, it's, it's definitely got my attention. Uh, I've never bored. Um, I'm never overwhelmed too much. They've balanced it out really well. Um, It's fun. Um, It's sexy. You know, there's a little bit of heat in there. There's uh, more than I thought I needed. Uh, And I don't mean that as a diss. I just, I'm watching a murder mystery and suddenly there's boobs flashing in front of me. And then there's this. I will have to say, I I was surprised how much uh, nudity was in it. Um, yeah, and I was like, "Did we need this nudity?" This is one of the few times where I've watched something where I was kind of like thrown back because it didn't feel like the kind of show. Yes, that would need that. Exactly, so I, I agree with you, and it's not. They do it throughout in more episodes. They have correct several episodes, so it's just yeah, I agree. I didn't feel like it was necessary. Yeah, so so that was a little that was a little like, oh, okay, that's this is happening. Um uh and you know, and I'm not a prude and I don't care. So, but it it didn't seem quite like I said it's a quirky show, but the nudity seemed uh it didn't seem quirky nudity either. You know what yeah, I mean? It, it wasn't it seemed like yeah, like I said it was it felt unnecessary. But let's let's yeah. keep going. 
yeah so so, so anyway okay, so this is the question i always ask and yeah. two episodes in do you think you know who the murderer is um i don't think i do i i think that uh, the show does a good job of passing the baton you know um and it kind of gives us the uh it doesn't give me that much information so and i think that's actually good it's it's only two episodes in i don't want that much information i don't want to i don't want to know i don't want to be that confident that i know who the murderer is i want to be confused i want to be intrigued well, i, I want to be... i just make guess because we used to do right. this on um uh, murderers in the buildings, only murderers. We would guess who we thought the killer was. Huh? Right. No, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of. I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to remember how many episodes I watched. I think I watched two more. So I want to make sure that I don't say anything. Um, as far as by the time I watched the first two episodes, I don't think I had a guess as to as to who 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 did it and like i said for me that was fine i was still trying to just put all the pieces on the board and kind of see how they're all connected and every episode you know you know the the um detective keeps saying like everybody has secrets and so it's been fun you know everyone has a secret everyone has secrets and it's been fun to see each of the secrets revealed um everyone does seem to have secrets um and and they're all kind of tied in together and stuff so yeah i think it's a rich show i think um it's paced well also it's you know uh it's only 40 minutes i think it's a 40 minute or 50 44 minute show something it's so it's not too long um it's enjoyable i i'm i'm liking it a lot i i think all the characters are even the ones you don't you know, you're not supposed to like are likable, you know, uh, in that way. Uh, there's no one that, you know, I like that. There's no one that I don't like. Right. So I I'm, gonna I'm say, enjoying the show. Go uh, ahead. Uh, Allison, your thoughts real quick. Yeah, no, I, I'm really enjoying this show. It's, I think with the vibe that they're going for, and they're definitely getting it, is Agatha Christie murder mystery. Yeah, you know, yeah complete, absolutely. Complete with, you know, everyone gathered yeah. in the living room, except now it's a ship. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And and I, I think it's it's stylistically magnificent to watch. The the conceit is, of course, that, you know, they've restored this old, you know, uh, retired 30s ship. And so it's this art deco wonderland. So it, yeah. it captures that era beautifully. And even though the story is is not Agatha Christie and it's not set in the 30s, um, the costumes still have this this, and then the the hairdos too have yeah. this 30s vibe to them. So yeah. that it it kind of echoes that look. So you're, you're immersed in this alternate universe, which is is really just glorious to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying it just from a purely aesthetic standpoint and, uh, you know, the, their collection of characters is fascinating and they do keep the, the, the mystery going just the, 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 the mystery of, uh, not just, you know, who killed the victim, but who the victim is, right. uh, you that know, was, comes, that was a nice twist. That was, a nice that was yeah, a I like really that a nice lot. twist. And I, I was not expecting something like that to happen and it was it was fun to see so i think that you know they're they're going through this of course mandy patankin is always fun to watch even when he cannot get the accent to save his life <laughs> i mean really it's just kind of sad but other than that, he's like the world's greatest detective but he can't manage a british accent 
Um, he's supposed to be British. <laughs> he's supposed to be British. And it's like, it's That's like, I mean, the it, best reaction. Ever. <laughs> no way. It's, it's so, it's so hilarious. And he just, if he just keeps slipping right back into his own, you know, wow. Um, but I had yeah, no idea. It's just, yeah, probably most people didn't, you know, it's just, I kept listening to this and going, Mandy Patinkin doesn't talk like that. What is he trying to do? Um, so, so that was, it, it's kind of funny, but his, his performance otherwise is just really fun to watch and the character is fun and you know he's he's sort of like you know like a, a damaged poirot and uh you know it's it's just every all the little bits that they've gotten here are right um i thought i you know it, it, i thought i had an idea of who who done it um and now i'm not sure because there's just still too many people yeah to, to it's choose a really from. big puzzle Right. It really is. And there's and they 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 introduce uh, more twists as they go along. And I just I'm just having tremendous fun watching this show. I think it's it's just it's uh, a fun, funny um, and and interesting program. And they're they've mounted it very well. So it's it's like one of these. It's not quite uh, only murders in the billing comfort food, but it's it's just fun to watch. All right, well, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk uh, Monarchs finale, last couple episodes they had, which is the cult. Like, I think that the last couple episodes made the whole thing worth it because everything came together in a way that I thought was brilliant. And in the last episode, we had three of the main characters fall into this abyss, and you find out that you basically fall into like this. Not into the monsters world, but like an in-between world. Axis Mundi. There you go. And the twists and turns when you got there were fantastic. Like as soon as they got there, um, you know, there's like all the the dangers of the what is it for Princess Bride? The swamp, whatever that swamp. So there's like all these things you need to know. Like oh, okay, we don't stand near the lightning because it'll change. <laughs> You don't do this. Oh, the lightning sand. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and the reveal of the grandmother being there was fantastic. And I was like, that was, of course. I of was course. not expecting that. I know, but it was, but it all, like, the that's the best thing about a reveal like this. In that, that ha she falls in, in like, what, episode two or something? No, uh, in the in the, in the pilot. Oh, she falls in in the pilot, and you just kind of forget about it. Well, you don't forget, forget, but you sort of write Well, they bring her back well, constantly is, in, in, in right, uh, right. flashbacks. So, yeah. yeah but flashbacks, but because the timeline is so plastic, you right. know, everybody's mourning Kate, and the fact that you have this love triangle. Right. And you've got yeah, these... all of that is brilliant, and to have her, oh my God, uh, Kurt Russell acted his butt what off. Because <laughs> that scene their reunion scene i forgot that that was not him <laughs> like his kid was a different actor it was his son playing you know playing the part of the love triangle and so then when kurt russell gets to do his part of the love triangle it it almost made me cry like it was so beautiful like he did not want her to see him old he didn't want like he was like ashamed and he played every emotion that you can think of like i was like does he not have an award he should have an award right like it was it was really really well done 
And it's it called got a me. fat paycheck, Olivia. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Because you know he's getting paid the most out of this cast. No, I know, but he earned it. Okay? He earned it oh, in no. that moment. Well yeah. worth it. Yeah, he earned it in that moment. And then that gut-wrenching part, like, he's, like, holding her face, and he's crying, and he's so happy to see her. And then she asks about her husband, and he's just, like, gut, like, oh, stab me in the gut one more time. All right, I'm good. So all of that really works. And I refuse to believe he's dead because, as we know, time basically does not move in in this realm. So they can... Oh, either... oh Kurt Russell? Yeah. Do you think he's dead? Oh, heavens. Depends on how on the contract they made. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> when did they get a season it's two? Just and single the season or... Cut? No, yeah, they, exactly. They did get a season two. I'm pretty sure it got a season two. Yeah, but did I they haven't... write a, a second uh, year contract with him? Is the thing. I, I don't know, but I mean, can you imagine a show like without him in it? And it's just no. the kids. Like, no, you can't do it. Like, I'd be bored. I'm out. Yeah, well, uh, I would. I would hope that the, a second season would have him in it because he is, I think, the best part of the show. I mean, it really wakes up whenever he's on screen absolutely. for me. So I yeah, like, I, would, I like the I would grandmother. I like her a lot. Yeah, Keiko's good. She's really yeah. get, good. Get rid of Kintaro. He's oh my god. Yeah, he sucks. Bad. Yeah, the the son is kind of dead weight. But you know, the thing is, I I have been expecting uh, Keiko to reappear since she disappeared, and and exactly the way that they did. And I knew she wasn't going to age a day. And and oh. I was I literally none of that was surprising to me whatsoever, which doesn't mean it was disappointing to me. I mean, I the fact that I, I've I've literally been waiting for it. So when she showed up, it was like, ah, right, okay, there she is. Um, I, but but I I it was satisfying. It was like, yeah, okay, I I knew it was going to happen, but it's still emotionally satisfying in the context of the show. So I really enjoyed seeing that, and I I loved the way. They depicted her as being, you know, totally self-sufficient. And she she got the handle on this place like immediately. And she's been surviving just fine on her own, even though she thinks it's only about 50 some days that she's she's been down there. So um, I, I I thought all of that was was great. And of course, the reunion between the two of them was terrific. Um, and and yeah, I'm hoping that I, I know that they got a second season. I'm hoping Kurt Russell, uh, you know, is going to be part of that. It hasn't been picked up yet. Oh, I thought I, it was. I thought it was, no, too. It has not been picked up yet. Okay. Oh, well, I hope it's picked up, too, then. <laughs> I thought What I thought was really interesting was her her not wanting to go back with them because well, yeah. she couldn't deal with the fact that so much time has passed. Right, right, her right. husband's dead. Her son's completely grown up, and she felt that she abandoned him. It, I... That's all really interesting story fodder to play with for a future season. I, I, the real shocker to me was the whole, it wasn't a non sequitur, but Dominique, uh, is it Tepper from uh, The Expanse? From The Expanse, because we knew she was kind of evil. <laughs> and then it's like, guess who's running the project now? Because they do it because of the way time flows in Access Mundi and in the real world, there's been a time jump in the real world. And, you know, they're on Skull Island. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Oh, and then the last shot with Kong was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was so sure they were going to do a season two, just because they set that up so well. So. Um, anyway. Well, definitely so. a cliffhanger. So, And yeah. I'm 
I'm in if they come back for season two, fingers crossed. All right, uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk Genius. And when I say we, I mean people other than me this time because uh, this was the show that I've been working on all last year. And, I mean, it's not like I can give you spoilers. So I really don't have to, like, worry about that. But this was Genius Season Spoiler 4. Alert. Both men are assassinated. <laughs> Thank you. This is uh, Genius Season 4, MLKX. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed working on it. I think it, it tells you stuff you weren't aware of mm-hmm. in a way that I thought was super interesting. So I'm curious to let you guys talk about it. I'm going to sit here uh, muted unless you ask me a question. So go for it. Well, it's edited really, really well. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Deserves an Emmy. Absolutely. <laughs> What's interesting about this, about, uh, and I thought, despite what some of the idiot, and I could use other language, but this is a family-themed podcast, I think it's necessary to compare and contrast the two men as we go up, as as the the stories progress, because their lives were even though they only had one legendary meeting, their their lives and paths are intertwined. And as much, I mean, I've seen movies and documentaries about both men, but there are a lot of things that I didn't know. For example, I did not know that uh, Martin Luther King was not his given name that the father changed his name and that becomes a huge thing in episode one where he, you know, the kid does not like his new name and he's reticent. And it's like, wow, just all kinds of interesting nuggets like that. And the acting overall is superb. Uh, All the actors aren't dead ringers for their counterparts, but uh, the dude who's playing Malcolm's a pretty good, you know, um, I can't think of the great. He's great. I can't think of his name. He was in Krypton. But man, is it good to see him, you know, really stretch with a meaty role. And the woman playing Coretta Scott King is terrific. I mean, man, and she looks a lot like the real Coretta. She Uh, does. She captures her really well. Yeah, I like her as well. And I love the fact, and probably because you have a female showrunner, I love the fact that the wives get top billing too. I mean, they have the two men on the same card and then the two women on the same card. And then they have the rest of the cast. And the old aphorism behind every behind the old aphorism behind every great man is a is a greater woman. With these two women, that's really true because after their husband's untimely death, they carry on their husband's legacy. So I'm digging it. And all these critics, I'd like to meet them so I could pimp slap them for being wait, what are the critics saying? The critics are like, oh, it's too jumbled. They shouldn't be cutting back and forth. They should have done one on just one guy. It's like, that's not the point of the series. Oh, yeah, no, I like the point. I mean, I, 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 I like the exactly the point of the series is to compare and to contrast. And uh, but I will say, though, that the first episode was a little uh, jumbled uh, and it, 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 it was a lot of information to to give us, you know, uh, on 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 one of them and then to give it to us on both of them and to kind of compare and contrast. I feel like the show uh got uh more comfortable with itself uh by episode two the editing on episode two um was uh, i thought i thought better um it it really helped me uh you know 
taken the story better. It, it it was a richer story. It it drew me in more as 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 a story and less felt like less as a documentary. So the first one, first episode, I know you know we needed a lot of information and it tried to give us a lot uh, of two different characters, a back a lot of history. So it felt more. Uh, less compelling and more like a documentary whereas by the by the time the second episode came around it definitely felt more like storytelling uh and that i was watching the stories unfold which i really really liked yeah no i i i am enjoying it so far and i think that the acting overall is is really good and some of the the characters are cast really great i do however think that the casting of Martin Luther King is kind of weak. Mm. I, I, I'm not buying him as, as uh, MLK. Um, and, as, and I was hoping maybe it's just because this is so early in his career and he's, they, they're trying to, you know, do a contrasting there, there, thing. There, so there's there more of an a, arc. There is an arc. Um, I'm, I'm and, gonna... But, but yeah, but I, I'm, I'm finding that that's not paying off at least not yet. And I've, I'm further along in the series. So uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, it's not just even his performance though. That's part of it, but the way they're writing him seems, seems very weak. And uh, well, I, so I'm ha I, having a hard time getting into I, I, it. I will say that part of it is showing that um, early in his career, he, and part of the show is also to show vulnerabilities. So, and I think that the, I actually, I need to disagree with you on that because uh yes early in his career he wasn't as confident he didn't know like a lot of weight was on him and so what they're focusing on is showing that he isn't he doesn't quite know what he's doing yet and which he, which in in like the first episode is fine and you know well, the first I, episode, I he's still in agree college. with that. he's still in college i'm talking about his self-confidence as the leader of a movement that's a lot of pressure and yeah but in the second I, episode they they this, the second and the third, especially the oh, we're not on the third one. Never mind. Um, but yes, you're showing. Well, I've I've seen the third and fourth, and I'm not. I know, but we're not going to go about into that. it. But, but yeah, I'm just seeing. I'm I'm I was expecting more development, and I just don't I don't feel like I'm getting it. I think um, he will character wise. And the thing is, I do feel that way with with Malcolm X. Um, he's he's developed extremely well. The writing for him is is excellent, and the performance is absolutely excellent. The actor playing him is just absolutely magnetic, um, and and he's you know the, the the whole series kind of wakes up whenever we're we move over to the Malcolm X stuff. Um, but I'm just I'm just not I'm not finding myself really accepting the actor who's playing MLK as MLK. And the, and uh, on the other hand, um the woman who's playing Coretta is amazing. She's fantastic. I'm not going to argue. Yes, she's really that. good. Yeah. You know, and and I, can, I feel and like I'm watching sing. Coretta. Yes. And what I, I thought she was being dubbed. As she can really as... sing that cuz her her she, her vocal cords were not moving when she was singing that song well, on stage. I have there's a scene another scene. I mean, to be fair, no, no, I I think that's her. I, that'd be weird if I'm being fooled because I get the dailies and I was like, I mean, technically we get a recorded dub and we have the sound from the stage. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was her. I could be wrong. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to go on record and say that I might be wrong, but anyway, let's, 
Uh, Tom, do you have any comments before we move on? Or are you yeah. done commenting? Okay. Uh, we can move on. Um, it was, it's just, this show was a real pleasure to work on. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is with uh, Donald Glover and I don't know the woman's name. Maya Erskine. Thank Do you. Do we have to? Uh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I say. I, at first, I watched the pilot and I was like, man, I'm not really getting them in this pilot. And then I started the second, watched the second episode and I was like, you know what? It's not me, it's them. So I don't like them. I don't like either one of them. And that is a legitimate problem when I'm supposed to be watching a show and uh, cheering them on. I think that they're both not very smart. And that's... Why would you have a spy show about people, two people who are not smart? Um, like, wh what are we doing? Uh, so I, 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 I'm out. I think I'm out already. Uh, I just didn't... I didn't feel the chemistry between the characters and Donald Glover comes off as kind of creepy because he keeps trying to talk her into having sex with him. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, no, I, there was just so many just no moments for me that I just turned it off. I no, I'm, I'm not into this show. Here's I the... liked it. I, I, I didn't think it was a I don't think it's a great show by any means, um, but I thought it was a, a good like counter it's like, what's the word? Not counter-programming, but like, I, I think that was the point. I think it was not that there were supposed to be bumbling spies, but that they, but that it's, it, it felt like an indie film to me. You know what I mean? It was sort of like the, the working, it's like not flashy. It's not, um, it's not, uh, you know, uh, slick, you know, the, the, you know, there's an actual gunplay, there's fighting, you know, there's, you know, there's that, but at the same time, there's a lot of talking and there's a lot of fumbling and there's a there's lot of, a you lot know, a lot of talking. Yeah. There's a lot of talking. And at first I didn't like it, but as I continue to watch the show, I realized, Oh, that's what this, sh th that's what this show is going to be about. It's not going to be a Citadel. It's not going to have huge action set well, pieces. I mean, it's not going to be is a bad example. That's a, terrible spot so, so no 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 example. but no i but no but it was slick and and i had a lot of money put behind yeah, it is what yeah, i'm saying but, but this that's is not even, that's not even the point the point to me is the characters and the acting they're not good that's yeah, my see, issue I, I, see i i i disagree i feel like it's a it's a different energy i feel like i'm watching like i said an indie film where like there it's just it's very talky and it, i find it's it's a new approach to to a spy film because there is spy stuff going on, but it's but it's not more good about spies. Yeah, and but that's okay too. Like they're 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 sometimes and that's not true. Like, you know, if you watch the rest of the series, they they do fit yes, exactly. That's the point. Like if you I can't like you're not gonna watch the rest of the series, so I'm not gonna ruin anything for you. And we're not obviously gonna talk about the show anymore. So so I can say that to you. They have they they fail, and that's part of the that's part of the arc is that they continue to fail. Like you have fails. They're like they are allowed three fails, and then what happens? So like the show is about 
talky spies that aren't very good at their jobs. So like that, if that's not a show for you, then that's not your show. But for me, it is like, it was interesting to find out like, what does happen if you're like a spy and you actually aren't good at your job? What happens when you fail at a job? Like, do you know, do you get taken well, out? Like, do you know most, what? Most of them just sort of get fired, but you know, I mean, that's not the kind of show this is. Right. They tell you right from the get go, though, what happens to them, because that's the point of that very first scene that we see with Skarsgård and and the woman who's with him. They're they're clearly a pair of Smiths and yes. and they have clear they're on the run for some reason, probably because they failed and they get wiped out in scene one. So no, we but have I don't see. I don't. I don't think that they. The I don't even think that. Scene. No, I don't think that they failed necessarily. I think that they were running away because they fell in love and they wanted to leave the business because that's the other it, it thing could that have happens. Been, it could have been either, guys, but the, guys, the fact exactly. is, we know how this is. This is done, guys. Guys, oh, okay. Uh, Allison, talk. But uh, Tom's been trying to talk for like five minutes. So here, here's the problem. That cold opening with Skarsgård and and the other and the other Jane was far more compelling and interesting than pretty much the rest of the first episode and second episode I watched. Because uh, agreed, there, there, there's I don't just disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> there, there's just something about the. I mean, and and face it, this is a series based on an existing property, and. They kind of, for some reason, instead of bringing us in the middle, well, they brought us into the middle of the other John and other Jane's adventure, ganked them, and then we get the new John and the new Jane, and it's just kind of like, eh, I don't care about this that much. Yeah, It's, it's, it's almost like, like we got, if we Richard the... Linklater's before trilogy was, hey, we'll make um, uh, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke assassins, and so they'll talk and talk and talk and talk, shoot some people, then talk some more. Yes, it, that's it, exactly. I actually said that to somebody. It reminded me of that, but like before sunrise or feels, after it, sunrise. It feels like the cheap nickel version. Like we watched, we wa we were watching the premium version of Jane and, and John, and then we got the nickel dime version of them to watch as a series. And I was like, can we go back to the other show? That was way better. It's like, a it different show. I it, know. It, it, like, it, 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 it doesn't even feel like the same show. I, I agree. Way, it feels is, like a better show. That's felt, the problem. It, that's, that's the problem. That's, I wanted to watch the other one. Here's I the thing. I, I watched, I, I like, like you, Sin, I, I watched the whole thing. And I did because every once in a while there'd be some little indication that maybe this is getting better, that maybe, you know, and there's like, you know, little little moments that, that of levity and things like that that happen that I'm thinking maybe they get better at this. Maybe it gets wittier. Maybe it does this. And it's it 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 doesn't. It's just that my problem with this is not that they are unlikable. My problem with that this is because I could go with two unlikable characters. My problem is that they're totally incompetent, and we know they're incompetent from the beginning, and they don't get better. And and we know what's going to happen. And they're they're so dim that even though I I as an audience member I'm sitting there just asking. How can you be stupid enough not to look for bugs in your apartment? How can how are you not looking for listening devices? How are you not assuming you're being watched all the time? How how are you you not you know going off and, and you know like what's his name is going off and calling his mother and expecting that nobody's going to know? I mean it's it's like what are you doing? Um, what do you think you walked into? 
I mean, maybe they didn't have the the advantage that the audience does of seeing the other couple get get you know whacked, but they're they're treating it like this is a and they talk to each other as if this is some some light summer gig that they've got you know working at McDonald's, and meantime we know that they've just checked into the hotel California, they're you know they can they can check out but they can't ever leave. Um, and they have, they're so dim that they don't glom onto this at any point. So how do you keep watching and how do you keep caring about two characters who are just so aggressively dim at a job where they can't afford to be that stupid? Um, and, and Jen, uh, you, you, you put on top of that the fact that there's probably about maybe three tops four episodes of story here. And they drag it out to eight with just literally pausing and talking and pausing and talking. Um, it's it's just not a successful series. It's it should have been. It had it had the ingredients to be, but I think the way they executed it was was just not working. Not at all. I don't it think was- it's a terrible show. I I think that it's not a good show. I don't think it's a great show, but I I found it, and I didn't like the way that it ended. And I also no. think that on top of that, the, there's this nihilist ending that just made me feel like, what did I waste eight hours of my life for? Yeah. So I didn't like the ending, and I did think that there were it it was too long. It didn't need to be eight episodes. It could have been six easily. So I don't think that the show is perfect. I'm not. I mean, or even near perfect. But I found it enjoy a, an enjoyable distraction. I thought that it was distracting enough because it was different enough for me. I hadn't. It wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, and had I watched a show uh, that the the first the first Jane and John gave me it would have been good you know like you guys are talking about oh that would have been a better show well it would have been a different show and I that's I wouldn't have signed up for that like that's something else that's I've seen that show that show is excellent and it's been done a lot and it's been done well I wanted to see something different did it work no not completely but did I get something different I did get something different and and it gets points for that for me Uh, that's that's kind of my main point not that it was a great show but that it was different and it tried to be different the beats were very very different and the acting was very different and you know for me i think the show overall did it work no not completely uh like i said but did it give you did it try and did it give me something different and did i it was it distracting for me it was and did i feel like ugh, that was a waste of my life no but yes overall when the series ended i wasn't happy because i i didn't i didn't like the way the series ended and it didn't need to be eight episodes but i found it entertaining in its distraction and i liked it kept points I mean, for the, trying my, my question I, is, I kept wondering Phoebe Waller-Bridge was originally supposed to be Jane. Yeah, I heard about that. She dropped out. And I just wondered, did she bail because she realized this is terrible? She probably read the scripts. I was going to say, Yusin, after all you said, could you recommend this to somebody else? Could you tell another person, hey, go watch this show? I would have to know the person, you know, and I would have to and and I would have to discuss with them like what, you know, what the show is about, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and 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 recommend it in that way, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't recommend it like wholesale to anybody, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is I just saw this show on on uh, Amazon and you got to watch it. It's great. No, but like I said, if I knew the person and and I knew what they might be interested in or, you know, what they were looking for something different, I might I would I might recommend it, sure. 
That was what I found. I found that I enjoyed watching it at the at the end of the day, that it was different uh, and it was distracting. So for me, uh, you know, getting the same spy craft shows all the time and everybody being so perfect and everything, you know, all the, the, the fight scenes coming out perfect. perfectly in this. You don't have to be No, perfect. but I, I didn't mind smart. them being I didn't mind them being bumbling and I didn't mind them not kind of understanding what was going on. That was part of the issue. They argued about how she was smarter than him and he was always bumbling. They argued that he shouldn't be speaking to his mom and that she was like, That's insane. And like, you know, it they made it the the beats were very indie film like. You know, they talked about it in part of the relationship. They even talked about like um, you know, like a uh you know the 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 power dynamics of them you know as spies overlapping into their relationship even to their sexual relationship like you know it 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 wasn't it wasn't a show about spycraft it was a a a, 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 a show about a relationship and how spycrafting affected their relationship so so to me it wasn't a spy show and and that and that's what i mean by that first five minutes of that show that you guys loved right that's that's a different show that's not the show that i that i would have ended up wanting to watch because i've seen that show done way better and and done a million times they tried something different with this show did it completely work it did it but well you already answered you already said all this yeah well, so i, I just know. wanted to so, ask anyway. yes or no all right yeah uh let's move on um next up we're gonna talk about halo uh season two the first two episodes and we got a new showrunner, and uh, they took everyone's rage at uh, the Master Chief taking his helmet off, and they kind of said, screw you. So the first two episodes, I think he puts his helmet on like once. Um, but I will say that the opening fight sequence was amazing. Like, the they got enough goodwill from that opening fight sequence from me that you could have the whole rest of the episode without his helmet on, and I was fine. Um, so I, I was just like, cause I've played the game a lot. I've played all the way through this game several times and I've never played the Master Chief that well before the way he fought all those dudes, uh, off, all the covenant off. That was so cool. And I, I like the introduction of, uh, good Lord. I've been calling him Klaus from the originals, but he's not Klaus. What is, I don't oh, know. Anderson, that's what his yeah. character's name is. But uh, I like the introducing him as I mean, and I can't decide if he's legit like evil or if he knows stuff that we don't know. And or if he's just a lazy trope of a typical bureaucrat. Yeah, I don't think he <laughs> is though. I think because we find out by the second Ackerson. episode. Is it Ackerton? Okay. Ackerson. Uh, so we, we find out some of the stuff that he's doing, or we start to find out some of the stuff that he's doing. I think he's a little deeper than that. I think he's not just a boring politician. I do think that he's got a mission. He's, and that he's legitimately, I think, I don't know. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt right now. Um, and I like that the Master Chief is really trying to get people to listen to him and nobody believes him because they're like, you're having hallucinations. And which he is, because we're in his head and we're seeing his hallucinations. So he legitimately is having hallucinations and he is losing time. And so when people ask him, hey, are you having hallucinations? Are you losing time? And he's like, no. But, and, but he's like, but you have to believe everything I'm telling you now. <laughs> so it's like, mm, okay. Uh, so uh, Tom, what'd you think? 
ooh, ooh, what if you fired the first season showrunners and brought in new people who are just as bad? <laughs> I, I, that, I the don't... first battle... Go ahead. The first ba- let me finish. <laughs> the first battle sequence was amazing. However, comma, right now, two episodes in, the Joseph Morgan's character, Ackerson, bad trope. And the thing that I... And we talked about this before we started recording. Come on, Paramount Plus. Put the previously on Halo, put it near the episode, adjacent to the episode. Don't make me look for it because I couldn't find it. And I'm like, okay, I'll plunge in. And I'm like starting to slowly remember stuff. But the thing that drove me crazy is don't drop plot lines between shows because you have this big thing about um, Bokeem Woodbine, you know, who this space pirate getting captured he gets, you know, there's a ruse and there's this whole thing to capture him at the end of episode one. And then we don't see him at all in episode two. It's like, we hear about him, but that, that's not good enough. It's like, that's not how TV is supposed to work, especially serialized TV. Keep that plot thread alive. Don't save it for another day. These aren't 22 episode seasons, people. These are like 10 episode, eight to 10 episode seasons. So I, I'm not impressed with the storytelling prowess or lack thereof. And just, I don't I just know. have a question. The blonde chick from season one, 100%. The doctor. Had, no, 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 not the doctor. Oh, the uh, evil blonde chick conspiring. Yeah, Mackie. Yeah, yeah Mackie. Mackie. She 100% got killed in the last yep. season, right? So what the heck, dudes? What's going on? Because he sees her on the planet in episode one. Yeah, and she yeah. is real. But that's that's something we're going to have to find, find out, out later. Hopefully, it's not just going to be one of those things that she's there and they don't uh, they bother to explain it to us. I'm hoping that that's a mystery that they're actually going to solve. Um, but I, I, play- Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I, I've, I've never played the video game. I don't play video games. But um, so I, I really don't have any issue with him taking his helmet off or anything else like that. I did notice that that this season in particular, they are really leaning into making the fights look like video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting that that feel when they're jumping around and you see it from their perspective and, and all of that. It's it's feeling very first person shooter, which is fine. You know, I, stylistically, I think it's an interesting choice. Um, but, but I'm, I'm in for, for second season. I'm not crazy about Klaus's storyline or his character, um, Ackerman or Ackerston or whatever his name is. He, he is a very, you know, standard trope of the, the evil or at least headstrong bureaucrat who won't listen to reason. I know Um, better than you. Yeah, and it's it's like uh, God. I've seen this like a billion times. So I'm I'm hoping that they. Well, how they about this? Really I like him better than character. Klaus. I like him better than Klaus. I well, there's Klaus that, so but much. I never could stand Klaus. Yeah, I hated Klaus so, so much. You know, I mean, we're we're going up by little fractions yes. here. Yes. Uh, the the thing is, is that I'm hoping that they do go a little deeper uh, with with his character. Um, they they seem to be indicating little tiny things here and there that there's something else motivating him, and I hope that they go in that direction. Um, but yeah, I think but he's overall, not be two-dimensional. yeah. Um, and I do, and like Tom said, I do miss Bokeem Woodbine, but I'm I'm hoping that maybe we are deliberately being kept 
from knowing what's going on with him in the second episode to There's build up only tension. Eight episodes this season. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm hoping that that by I, I just the, want him the next the episode story. we're gonna we're gonna find out what happened to him and it's going to pay off. It's like, oh well, that's yeah. I, I think that he. My prediction is he's going to be brought into the fold, and which is what I, I mean, want with the Spartans or the Marines. Yeah, or yeah, because he is a Spartan. He's a yeah. Spartan. Mm-hmm. So him being a space pirate was not interesting. I did not care about him being a space pirate. That was one of the main things from last season that I thought was kind of boring. And when he's in combat, I like it because he's good. Uh, so them arresting him and being like, you're being brought in for charges, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, nope. Let's let's make him a Spartan. They're in the middle of a war that they're losing. They need every soldier they can get. Make him a Spartan. So anyway, that's my thought. Though the thing that was creepy... Wait, I was going to say something, and I'm not sure if that's in episode three, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, so overall, I'm going to say thumbs up. I am I am enjoying the show, at least so far. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, the Reacher finale, uh, so we can uh, move on from, from that show. Uh, Reacher, I'm trying to remember what the heck happened at the end. Uh, Reacher uh, flat they win. bad guys. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, uh, Robert, oh God, the Terminator dude, uh, what's his name? Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, who I generally really like. He's a really, he's generally a really good villain, but he's also a really good, good guy. I like him as both. Uh, here he's, he's a little two dimensional and that's not his fault. That's definitely a little two dimensional. (laughs) That's definitely the character that they've written. Um, but I'm like, why, like when Reacher gives himself up to get his people back, because his people get captured, and they're mm-hmm. like, we need you to turn yourself in but uh, so that, you know, you get your friends. But obviously, he's the bad guy. He's going to kill them all anyway. And he's got this other plan that's supposed to help and all of this stuff. My thing is, the second you capture Reacher, you don't try to tie him down. You don't, you just shoot him. The end. Like, why, why, like, why are you gloating? So Robert Patrick brings him in. He's got like five guards around him. They chain him to a chair, and he wants to gloat over him. And I'm just like, no. Reacher has proven to you that he has killed every single person you've ever sent against him. Why are we wasting time? And he that's that's literally plot armor. Because the second he gave himself up, I, my orders would have been just like, put him down. The end. Done. But these idiots did not do that. So, Tom, what do you think of the finale? Yeah, it was satisfying. I mean, uh, Neely, Neely's awesome. Shoot, I oh, want yeah. a Neely spinoff if, <laughs> if he's not in next season. Just uh, um, uh, Maria, I can't, Maria Stim, I think is her name. No, I thought it was good. I, it's been so long, I've kind of forgotten the details. It just, you know, reach and flexes and beats up guys. Um, well, sometimes he like... flexes as he beats up other guys. So <laughs> it doesn't have to happen first. Uh, yes. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> oh, and just a slight side note. I just saw a trailer with uh, Superman. Who's Superman? Uh, Henry Cavill. So Henry Cavill's in a movie with the dude who plays Reacher. Oh, yeah. That, uh, it's uh, basically based on a true story about how secret, uh, about secret services were started. Uh, right. And, and they have the shot of the two of them standing next to each other, and he makes Cavill look small. Look like, you know, no. And I was like, what the? The dude is huge. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I have never seen 
anything where Henry Cavill is like the smaller guy or the smallest guy in the room. I was like, what is happening? I think it's the Bureau of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm down for that. I gotta see my see the two guys. They both will flex and. and <laughs> um, is like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> um, no, it was it was a satisfying season. Um, would this have benefited from maybe being six episodes instead of eight? I don't know. It didn't feel stretched out like some things did, but yeah, I feel I like really... the mystery of it was good. It's just like I said stupid bad guy trope where you don't kill the guy that's been killing all your people. You just don't kill him immediately. You have to sit and yeah. talk to him. Like that's almost like a James Bond. It's, it's a James Bond thing. Yeah, and yeah. now Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> like shoot him already. What are you doing? Um, and so the big fight, the big fight was great. They end up in the helicopter. He climbs up. There's a okay, big fight I on the told, helicopter and all I of that. totally call shenanigans on him being able to hold onto the helicopter in flight. <laughs> long. It's just like just just throw on a cape. You're you are you know get dig out your hot costume because you're out of the realm of reality there. Yeah, so he pulls himself onto the helicopter and then he holds on to uh, I forgot the other officer's name. He holds on to her her gurney. While she's chained to it, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, are yeah. him up at the same time, the, like that Zatanna's was great. Gurney. I'll just call her Zatanna because <laughs> Dorinda Swan is the actor's name. But yeah, it, 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 we really, you know, we, for me, I don't know. This show it tends to be a little bit more realistic, realistic. But then that's when they kind of cross the line into yeah. Okay, yeah. That fight in the helicopter was a little ridiculous. Let, let, let's bring it back to reality, you know. Yeah, yeah. He he has played a superhero, but Reacher need they need to ground him a little bit more. So they, they lost points for that. I could see that. I could see that. All right. Let's I move did, on. however, oh, like no. at the, the the resolution that he knew Neely wasn't going to take the money, so he used it to pay off her dad's debts. That oh, was, that's right, because at the end, he got to be like a fairy godfather. Yep, with all had, the money. Yeah, he had all that money, and he just gave it And he got his money. new toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope he at least kept like a couple hundred dollars for himself after he gave away like, what is it, like $50 million or something crazy? Oh, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> something crazy. College um, funds for all of uh, the... Yeah, everybody's kids, kids. yeah. <laughs> Um, but all right, so thumbs up for Reacher. All right, next up, we're gonna talk Percy Jackson, and we're gonna talk episodes five and six. And episode five is they meet uh Ares for the first time, and uh, he seems like a totally cool dude, takes him out for burgers, makes a deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he seems a little aggressive, and I the the second you meet him, you're like, yeah, don't trust this dude. Um, oh, yeah. but he tells them in exchange, he wants. His shield, that his shield wants his shield, right? His shield is hidden somewhere, and he's gonna get them. If they can get him his shield, he'll get them to Vegas on time because they're behind schedule. They have to get there before the solstice or something. Um, and so they go into this almost like Disneyland kind like of water ride. Park yeah, and uh. And then that, that that episode was really cool because it was about kind of like sacrifice because Percy mm -hmm. decides that the mission is more important than him. So he sacrifices himself by sitting in this chair and he turns himself into gold, like a gold statue mm -hmm. to allow, um, what's her name? This at, what's the girl? Annabeth. 
Annabeth. I was going to say Annabelle? No. Anyway, to get her to be able to free whatever they were, the shield. And I like that he sacrificed himself for it, and I like the fact that she refused to leave him. So both mm-hmm. of those things. And, and guilt Hephaestus right? into freeing him, uh, played by, oh, uh, Tim Amundsen, formerly From of Psych. Psych, yeah. Who uh, who had a very massive stroke, but has made a remarkable recovery. But um, I thought for I thought this episode was really important because it kind of establishes kind of a theme for the whole series is that the Olympians are awful god people. <laughs> they're just <laughs> awful. They're they're awful entities, and Percy is not. He's a good person, and right. Annabeth basically tells Hephaestus and and the thing is Hephaestus because of his his disability in mythology was kind of looked down upon by everybody else and Annabeth tells Hephaestus he's better than y'all right and and and, and I like that she becomes a better person around Percy because when absolutely she, you know when she's around like her mom and other people and they're all competitive then she's just as competitive as they are she's cutthroat but when she's around Percy she's learned to be a different way, you know, that there is a different she, way. She can strive to be better. Right, right. And so I like how they complement each other. But what's weird is because these actors are still kind of kids, like whatever tension you would normally feel for that, like it's, it's like not there because they're preteens, teen-ish. I don't know how old they are. But um, so like I don't feel any weird tension between them, even though I'm sure that if, the show goes on and they get older that there will be. So it's almost yeah. like watching Harry Potter when they were like 10 or 11 and then there wasn't mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, and then episode six, uh, they, cause they get the shield. He gets unfrozen from, from uh, gold. They give the shield to uh, Aries and then boom, he gives them a ride to Vegas, which is in a weird car. Is that right? Or no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, boom, they're in Vegas, and that Vegas episode is crazy because there's something literally in the air that makes people forget. Well, it's it's the Lotus Eaters, again, right. from mythology, that basically you forget where you you forget who you who you are and what you're doing there. And it was kind of and and basically it was being pumped. They thought it was initially in. Oh, they thought it was in the food. They were like, they don't eat anything. Food, right. And then they find out it's pumped into the air. Right. And so that's why uh, the team, like, whenever they uh, what's his name? He split up from them. Like, he totally Grover. forgot about the Grover. Yeah, he totally Grover. forgot about them. And while they were together looking at each other, they weren't forgetting. But, like, the second they, like, walked, like, five feet away, they were like, wait, what's going on? Like, they were losing. It was that fast. It was crazy. Um, so that episode was entertaining in a different kind of way. And just seeing them work as a team, I enjoyed it. I mean, did a lot happen? I really, but... I really like how Reardon is faithful to Greek mythology in the way that he's set up his world. You know, yeah. it's you know a, a mixture of our world and their world, and being really faithful tonally to how these mythological characters are supposed to act. So right. yeah, I'm kind of tempted to go buy the books from Tarjay and uh, that Tarjay. <laughs> And 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 read them before uh, season two comes out. Well, I started reading book one already, and it feels like the show. 
Like it really does feel like the show. Like it's it's pretty faithful, at least so far that I've read. All right, yeah. so let's wrap this up. Uh, we're saying thumbs up for Percy Jackson. Yep. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you leave them to the campfire.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You listen to this on sci-fi.radio. Uh, Six Degrees of Heat and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.